Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Witty Whitledge, and the dancing man over there taking what I normally do to this intro music is one Mr. Brandon Goldner with some beautiful hair, and he didn't die on a run. So there's that. Yeah, I didn't. Hi, Ryan. Yeah, I went on a... Hi, how are you? Good. Good. I, 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 so I've been, I run, I, I've been going on these long runs once a week and I have been not good about getting the right amount of like, if you go on a long run, you need to like have enough water and you need to eat enough beforehand. And I got like, I was two hours in and I was near the end and I just, I bonked. I, I was getting dizzy and lightheaded. So I had to walk. And, um, I told Ryan, I'm like, I gotta be late because I just, the, I was going to be quicker getting back home. So I was going to run, but I was walking. So anyway, didn't die. I'm fine. If it makes you feel any better, I had to go into, I went into my foreman's meeting today at work and when they're like, is there any safety concerns? I'm like, I don't know if it's a safety concern, but I'm fairly certain that I pulled a muscle in my chest. They're like, oh, what happened? How do you do it? I said, it was during stretch and flex in the morning. The thing that you're required to do to (laughs) stretch yourself out so you don't hurt yourself. It was the arm, it was the arm over the head hold for like 15 minutes i was like oh, felt no. a weird pop in my chest i was like oh and then like i coughed and it hurt and i turned my head Oof. and it hurt and i was like yeah no i definitely just popped the muscle or did something there on my left side either that or i'm having a heart attack and i was like so i don't know if you guys want me to fill out a form or not <laughs> and they're like no because on these forms we're supposed to be able to say what's the preventative measure and technically the preventative measure for pulled muscles is stretching (laughs) that's unfortunate it's always unfortunate you're trying to do the right thing (laughs) and then that's how you know when you're getting old yeah when you when you when you injure yourself during the preventative maintenance portion of your day not great i did unrelated i also tripped during my run which now here's the good thing about that is that i tripped i ate shit but i have this water bottle that like it hooks onto your hand it straps onto your hand so that you don't have to like hold it the whole time and when Mm -hmm. i hit the ground it hit the water bottle or else my hand would have been completely messed up by the road my leg got it pretty bad but two old guys pretending not to be old uh we could talk about that all day um i'm even at that stage of my life where i'm like bleaching my hair like i'm definitely going through some kind of a midlife crisis or third of a life crisis how old are people living nowadays um but you know who else is going through a crisis ryan the blazers fan base on all levels and i know you want to talk about that what what actually what are we talking about today you're the one who did the work we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap that show with that this uh, this fan base crisis, but uh, we're, okay. we're kind of you know we we you know we're going sporadic in the off season. You know the uh, the draft lottery is next week, and so we we figured we should probably attempt to talk. You know, find some time in our busy schedules. I'm fitness in before my son's soccer game in an hour and forty five minutes or so. But uh, we we'll keep yeah, it tight today. Uh, so. Well, let's start with a, a little bit of there was some fan base fervor. The the news broke during the during the week that Joe Cronin was officially announced as the Blazers GM. They have taken the interim tag off of him. Uh, details of the deal weren't in the Blazers press release, so we all had to rely on the Woj tweet. 
Um, no word yet on who is feeding Woj his information now that his number one mouthpiece is no longer with the organization at all shame, but, uh, yeah, four year deal. And, uh, that lines up now with the rest of Chauncey Billups contract. You know, if you want to look at that, Jody's looking to sell the team. There's still a little bit of a friendly thing for if a new owner comes in, he has time to kind of like look, survey the landscape, decide if he wants to keep a coach, keep a GM, all that fun stuff. But the interim tag has finally been removed from Cronin's name. And I personally thought that this was like a no brainer. Duh. Everybody was just kind of waiting on the announcement of this. We all thought it was going to happen. But then when the news broke and it was that they didn't conduct a search of anyone else or, or anything, or even try to look at other candidates, uh, everyone got out their pitchforks and their Molotov cocktails and, and decided to go to town and with their, uh, Twitter banter. But what was, what was your take on it when, when that news came down? I got out my salad tongs and my wine coolers because, <laughs> so I was like mildly upset specifically about that point about not interviewing anyone else. I I don't understand that. And I know some people are like, well, look, if you knew that Cronin was your guy, then why would you put other people through, excuse me, through the rigors of doing an interview if you're not going to hire them? I have two responses to that. One is that maybe in the process of interviewing people, maybe you do find that your mind is changed, that you're compelled by somebody else and that your thinking does change because nothing is set in stone. And the other thing is Mm -hmm. that you then have something to compare Cronin against. And I mean, a, a job interview, the Blazers know Cronin. Well, he's been there for a really long time. They know his work. They know him extremely well. So I'm not, you know, it's not about that, but in a job interview, especially for a position like this, I'd imagine that you're articulating your vision for the team and what you do. I just think that having that contrast would have been useful. It just would have been useful information at a minimum. And I don't understand why they didn't interview anyone. So that's how I felt about it. I think the minute that they handed him the keys basically and said, Hey, you can take this thing for a test drive, you know, and he got to oversee, you know, trade deadline moves, you know, especially the trading of CJ McCollum, who was literally the second pillar of the franchise for the past decade that, that I think the only malfeasance on the franchise is that as soon as they let him do that, they did not remove the interim team because I don't think you let an interim, if you, even have an inkling that you might go a different way or whatnot, uh, handle those moves, handle that kind of teardown of your franchise to enter this rebuild, retool, whatever the fuck vernacular you want to use. You, you don't let an interim guy do that. You, you interview people and have them say, okay, this is on the table. How are you going to fix it? Here are the pieces that you get a move. But uh, the other thing too, and this is a topic we'll, we'll loop back around to this here in a little bit because it goes for everything dealing with this franchise right now is that I think because of when Olshay was fired, the names that were attached to a possible GM search by Shams and Woj were attractive names to the fan base. And so to still have like in the back of their mind, like, Oh, Hey, you know, we could get this guy from Toronto. We can get this guy from Chicago. We, you know, these, all these smart people somehow, maybe Spolstra will still come here, even though he are leading in the East and just clinch their series. Flight uh, logs you know, show that Vulcan's planes are going to Miami. I mean, <laughs> just saying. 
God. Yeah. I think hey, that I, th- I legit think I think they made a pitch. I think they made a pitch to Spolstra. Oh, I guarantee you they made a pitch to Spolstra in the minute that Spolstra turned him down. They they were just like, all right, well that was that. All right, we're good. But yeah. it's just I I think there was a lot of fan fervor and build up and then anger after the fact for once again something that was well telegraphed and well known that then people get mad about after the fact, but they didn't have an issue with it leading up to. Well, and, and you that's have a this, lot of like the backlash you're seeing. Yeah, I agree. And you have this portion of the fan base who were not happy with Joe Cronin right at it. Well, you have a portion of the fan base who got really vocal after the Pelicans pick didn't convey to the Blazers and saying, Oh my God, Cronin's terrible. He traded the team for blah. And <clears throat> I don't think it's a surprise that there's quite a bit of overlap between the people who are defending Neil O'Shea and the people who are now crapping on Joe Cronin. We're going to leave that aside, but like, it, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't mind the hire. I think the hire is fine. Again, like the organization has worked with him for a long time. They know. And also I, I think it was, years, I believe it is. Yeah. You have 16 right. years of a body of work and the organization itself. Like I know a lot of people want to throw shit and they're like, well, he worked under old Shay. So like, you know, we want to crap on all Shay and, you know, apparently Cronin's a salary cap guru, but let's go back to the summer of 16. So that was Cronin. Well, we all know old Shay was a fucking control freak. And for all we know, Olshay was like the sane voice in the room trying to talk him off the ledge. And Olshay was just like, oh, okay. And then left the room and did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. So this Cronin's time to shine. I'm curious, actually, that dynamic, because in a healthy business environment, if you're the top person, you have people around you who do work and they do analysis and they disagree with you from time to time. Right. You listen to those voices, you come to a decision and then everyone supports it, even if it wasn't their preferred route. I'm actually curious, the dynamic under Olshay, if there's any room at all for dissent. And my point being. Did Blazers ownership get to hear takes from Joe Cronin that were different from Olshay? You know, like, I, I don't know, like, for example, summer of 2014 and the decision to ship off Batum and not resign Matthews and, you know, to basically to get rid, get rid of Robin Lopez after LaMarcus Aldridge decided to leave. I'm just curious, was that how Cronin wanted to go or, or maybe not? You know, like the decision to not trade CJ McCollum is Cronin like, hey, maybe we should consider it. And Olshay was just like, I, so I'm just curious in all that, how much the Blazers ownership got to hear Cronin's voice and if he ever was a voice of dissent, but I don't think we're ever going to know. No, that's, that's that backroom stuff where it's like, that's hey, proprietary. <laughs> yeah, Sean. No. And, and, and those are the kind of, those are the kind of things where it's like, if you ever like as a fan, if you ever do get a chance to meet or, or talk to some of the beat reporters, you know, you do, it, it's fun to sit down and share a beer with them from time to time or like team employees. And cause they do somewhat spill the beans. If you know, you have a, relationship or a friendship with them. And you hear some backroom stuff and here's how this went and here's how this went. But you know, and, and it, if I, I can't say it, it was off the record, blah, blah, blah. So what are you trying well, to say, I, Ryan? Come on, I know some shit, spill <laughs> it, spill it on your own podcast. Not, Actually, I'm don't, don't, gonna, don't break the I'm trust of people gonna, who are trusting you. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not say, or not, 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 not say, we'll let 
You're not going to not come on your own podcast and not soft flex that you know some shit that I don't know and you hold it over my head, which I fully support, by the way. He was he was fired for being an asshole and creating a toxic work environment. So if you're going to shit on your on your employees and maybe not listen to them and throw their ideas under the bus, you know, if they if they are maybe a voice of dissent, you know, that could lead into such an investigation. Well, I mean, and not to get too far into this, right. That's true. Not to get too far into this, but also that Cronin survived, you know, Chad Buchanan, Rich Cho, Neil Olshay, even I think one GM in there that I'm missing. Um, I mean, you have to be, you can't like, if you're surviving multiple administrations, it's Kevin Pritchard. That was the one you're Pritchard. Thank you. Pritchard hired him. If you're surviving multiple administrations, so to speak, um, which happens, by the way, in business and happens in politics, too, then it doesn't mean you can't ever dissent. It means that you have to be the type of person who will fight really hard for what you believe. But as soon as a decision is made, you back that decision just as hard as you were fighting. And if you don't do that, you're going to get cut. So it doesn't mean that Cronin was like a yes person. Doesn't mean that Cronin agreed with everything that all of his predecessors did, because that just is statistically unlikely. So anyway, I I don't know. I'm fine. I wish they would have interviewed more people. They didn't. It's whatever. I don't think there's really anyone who was available who would have been better anyway. That's the big thing. Like what these people who are pissed off, who would you rather have had? Who would you rather have had? I I mean, name the person, right? Like, I don't know. Well, and, and it's like, you could throw contract dollars out there, buy people out, do whatever. But like you touched on it a little bit too, but like the, the, there's 30 of these jobs in the league. There's a very small tight knit circle. A lot of the, or a lot of GM share agents and whatnot. So if you do a, and it is blatantly obvious, which I think in this case, it would have been, if you do a sham series of interviews and waste a GM's time or waste a, you know, an agent's client's time, that's going to damage the reputation of your organization down the road. And so I do think that like, and especially in these tight knit circles where there's only 30 individuals who can have these jobs, you know, you waste the time of four guys, even though everybody knows you're going to give it to the guy that you already have the late that interim label on, you know, that creates bad blood. Maybe, maybe that shuts the door for, you know, that, uh, a more qualified candidate five years down the road from taking this job. Those are all things you have to consider. And that's in, that's in sports, that's in business in politics to tie all that shit in together. It's actually, as you were saying that I hadn't thought about this before, the Blazers kind of just did that with their coaching search. Right. And you had at least one coach, Becky Hammond, Becky Hammond. who yep. didn't seem to be too pleased about, I'm not, she didn't say this, but being tokenized essentially in the coaching search, it didn't, the impression was that she wasn't super happy about that. So yeah, I mean, and if, if Olshay was set on Billups the entire time, maybe that did rub people the wrong way. Interesting dynamics. I mean, final, final thoughts on Cronin. I mean, are you up, down, plus, minus, like, how do you, like, no opinion? I've been fine with it. I've been fine with him so far, but I'm also judging a guy based on the fact that so far he has opened the puzzle box. He has dumped all the pieces out. And right now he's in the process of, you know, finding the four corners as a starting spot. It's, <laughs> that's know, a great it's, analogy. It, yeah. That's, that's what's happening. Yeah. And, and so like, 
is he, I, I can't judge him yet because we're still early in this process. Let's see how this, you know, let's see how the draft goes. Let's see how free agency goes. Let, you know, there are expectations, whether they be realistic or not for next season. So let's, let's cross that bridge. I'll judge him. You know, I I'll give a final answer in, in December. If you know, he's chewing on puzzle pieces and eating them or losing them in the couch cushions as he's going along. Yeah. I'm going to be a little judgmental and trepidatious about this. But, you know, if he starts snapping these things together real freaking quick, quicker than a lot of people expect, and we're getting a full picture of this, then I'll be happy. But right now, you can't judge shit. The man's still finding the corners. Yeah, it's so hard to, like, take the long view when your team's best player is, like, running out of prime. Because I think what I would like to do is say he needs at least, like, two full seasons maybe three because you don't even know if the if the blazers do get a top four pick and i do want to talk about those lottery odds by the way i don't know if you had that in there but i just because i um just refresh people's memory because the lottery is coming up as you said but you can't even judge oftentimes you can't judge even top picks for years i mean sometimes you can i mean if they are a super duper bust or they're a star right away but oftentimes players take at least a couple years to get to where they're going to be and it's hard to judge Mm -hmm. somebody on their valuation skills right until that has shaken out too so yeah i'm fine with it too i'm fine with it wish they would interview people they didn't oh well let's see what happens slight uh slight pivot can i ask you a question just random what what was the overall opinion around NBA fans and league executives and NBA media of James Harden and his game oh. and his playing style two years ago? Right. Yeah. The, I mean, MVP candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So when you say that Dame's getting up there, realize that there's about eight in uh, a 16 to 18 months age difference between Dame and Harden. Not saying that uh, Dame is going to go into next year. How dare you, sir? MVP, first of all, an MVP of candidate, but I'm just going to say, if you're going to start all, throwing out, if you're going to start throwing out that Dame is getting up there in age and he's washed comparatively, look at other people when they were his age in the league and nobody was sniffing about it. You got Steph Curry, you got James Harden, you know, Chris Paul back when he was that age years ago, all those players, I'm just saying, with modern medicine, can we stop calling 31-year-olds like they're fucking 72 and geriatric? First of all, you just compared Damian Lillard to James Harden. I'm ending the show. I'm hitting stop on the recording. How dare you? Up I'm offended. Until, up until a month ago, that would have been a compliment, but now the man's fat washed and won't jog past half court, but still continue on your tyrant. Does that, does your sweatshirt say Houston rockets on it? Does that say fear the beard? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were a big Harden stand that James Harden doesn't take care of his body. That's, that's honestly like what so much of this comes down to. I know injuries, like he has a hamstring thing. Okay, fine. But you know, he doesn't take care of Damian Lillard probably takes has taken better care of his body than virtually anybody. We see what he does during the off seasons. We see how seriously he takes that. So now, now I, that, I know that wasn't your point. I'm just being you silly, just, but you just helped make my point. So thank you. Right. Fair enough. I, but yes, I know like 
And also uh, Steph Curry, for example, like he's still great. He He's not the player he was three years ago. And that's that's OK. Chris Paul is great. But boy, his last couple of games have looked bizarre. And like, is that just because he's getting older? I don't know. Like, it, it's true. Like in the NBA, you get to 31, 32 and you're not that's when you start declining generally, unless you're like a very small select handful of players. Like again, Chris Paul, amazing late career. LeBron James comes to mind. There are some people who can continue playing. Haslam who's still doing it at 41. What? He's not even playing. Come on, man. But like, I I don't think it's, I don't think it's unreasonable to he's still on the team. Sure. But like, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that, Oh God, Damien's Lillard's best years are probably behind him at this point. That sucks. It doesn't mean he can't be 95% of what he was. And that could be good enough if the team is good enough around him. And that's, that is speaking of puzzle pieces, Joe Cronin, the puzzle that he's worked, Neil Olshay, Neil, the puzzle. Okay. Th- here's me. Here's wow, Neil. That was, that was quite the fucking roller hang, coaster. Yeah, I know. Hang on with me. Neil Olshay had a puzzle that was, had big pieces and lots of different distinct colors and was pretty easy to put together, but he kept trying to yeah, jam it had these six pieces. It had yeah. six fucking pieces. My two year old could have done it. It's he tried to jam these two pieces together that just, they wouldn't fit. And he kept turning the one piece and rotating the other one. Joe Cronin, what he has now is a thousand piece puzzle. That's basically a one color gradient. There is like no room for error. It's very, it's going to be so hard for him to put a team around Damian Lillard. That's better than that. LaMarcus Aldridge, Nicola Batum, Wes Matthews, Robin Lopez team. It very well may be that that will be the best team that Damian Lillard ever plays on as a Portland trailblazer that sucks, but that is Joe Cronin's challenge. And it's, you know, I don't care if you're Pat Riley or, you know, name the best GM in the world. Like that's a tough puzzle to work with. That's all I'm saying. Want to know something funny. You love James. People Harden? That could be up people that could be up. No, fuck. No, I don't. I just love <laughs> the fact that he's, so, I just love the fact that he is a strong supporter of the sex trade industry. Anyways, no, <laughs> um, he, he, I mean, no. he loves strip clubs. That's fine. You know, he, but yeah. again, like he, NBA players, you have to take care of your body. That's sort of important as a professional athlete. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. But no, what's funny, uh, realistically, if you were to look down some people that are available free agency, this upcoming off season, if you think that was the best team that Damian Lillard has ever played on, uh, you could put them all back around him. Yeah, you could. I mean, and now they're all 36, <laughs> 37. The, do you want the wash Robin Lopez, LaMarcus Aldridge, Wesley Matthews, Nicholas Batum, Damian Lillard group? Uh, well, hey, I mean, speaking of price. speaking of Lopez brothers, it has been so that we're way off topic now. It has been so fun to watch Brooke Lopez out of back surgery coming out and suddenly is like a, a, a def- he can defend in space. Where the hell did that come from? Even in his best years in Brooklyn, he was not doing that. I mean, he was never a defensive player. And now all of a sudden he's like a key piece of a potential championship team. Anyway, uh, whatever Joe Cronin, congratulations. Good for you. Some people are going to be mad about it because they love Neil Shea and the sun rises and sets. That's the way it is. Yep. Yep. And the, and the wind blows and my knees hurt when it rains, but uh, next, next little bit of, uh, of news that came out was in one of the cutest little videos I have ever seen is little Damien Dame jr. Announced that his dad was going to be uh, the trailblazers representative at the draft mm. lottery, which I actually think is some 
gigantic freaking news to come out. Uh, previous reporting, I even I think gigantic? Casey and Brooke. Yeah, I'll get to it. But Casey and Brooke on uh, the Blazers Balcony podcast had had been kind of bringing this topic up for a little while and like who should represent and yada, yada, yada. And I think Casey was pretty steadfast in his belief that Damian Lillard had plans that he was going to be out of the country and wouldn't be available. And so they were wondering, you know, who should go and, and, and whatnot. But so I was a little shocked to actually see the news, but the reason that I think it's gigantic is because with how this organization has had to take this turn into this rebuild retool, what again, whatever vernacular you want to fucking use um, for your franchise centerpiece that so many other people in the league think is not interested in what's going on and not interested in the rebuild. How many other superstars in, in this position franchise players face of their team you know, 10 years into the league are going to go represent their team at the draft lottery in front of the entire media landscape and fan base of the NBA. That's going to watch it. I think the fact that Dame is doing that speaks volumes to how he feels about the plan that the organization, whether that be Cronin cold by some miracle of God, Jody Allen, you know, has pitched to him and, him throwing his support and his backing behind it. I think that's big because he could have just, he could have easily said, nah, I'm busy. Send ant, send this guy, send this guy, send, send fucking blaze the trail cat. I don't care. But instead he's actually taking the time to go and do this and be the face of a draft lottery selection for a team that he's been trying to lead to a championship for 10 fucking years. Yeah, I think it is. It's big for the, it shows again that despite the direct comments Damian Lillard made about you need to build a better team around me, that he is fully invested in this team in this city right now, um, but fully invested in it right now, which I think it, it, that is important. The fact that it basically signals to your point, it basically signals that Damian Lillard was OK with what Joe Cronin did. He was OK with mm-hmm tearing it down, not tearing it down, but like he was okay with tanking and thinking that was the best chance to put a better team around him here in Portland. I do think it signals that. And I, I wouldn't say it's, I think it's a, it's a, it it is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's not surprising to me. It's a big deal. PR wise. Yeah. I should say that. I think PR, I think it, and I I do think it means, I, I genuinely think it means something that, if Damian Lillard were fundamentally not okay with the direction the team were going as of now, right. He wouldn't be there. He just wouldn't. So I think that says as a snap that I'm trying to, I'm trying to temper him, trying to like not, Oh yeah, he's going to retire here as of now. He's okay with it. I do think that's a big deal. Um, speaking of, and yeah, that video of Dame Jr. was super cute. Speaking of the draft lottery really quick, can we go over the odds? Because we had talked about this before and I have, Learn something now that I didn't know before, and Ooh, it's this. What 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 did you what did you learn that you didn't know? Because I want to see if I knew it, and then I will. Uh, laugh at I, you I think I it, I'm smarter. No, <laughs> maybe it, maybe we talked about it and like it just didn't feel like I knew it. But that the Blazers have way less chance of staying at six 
than virtually every other outcome. I guess I didn't really yeah. realize that. So except for number five, except for number five, they have a zero percent chance at number. Correct. Five. Right. Right. But what that means is as far as like, and let me like, if when you're watching the draft lottery, which is this upcoming Tuesday, the 17th at Ooh, what real time, quick, if anybody is listening to us at 5 PM, uh, our time, 5 PM Pacific. 5 Yes, 5 p.m. Pacific, which I totally thought it was going to be at 4 and be at 7. But if anybody is in the Vancouver area and wants to make it to downtown Vancouver, uh, Penalties Sports Bar and Pub, a lovely guy, uh, Joey, that I know owns that place, massive Trailblazers fan, just disregard all his Atlanta Falcons football gear. But he'll be showing the draft lottery. I will be down there uh, imbibing in some drinks. Hopefully a lot of celebratory shots uh, after the fact, but uh, anybody's welcome to come down and join me for that. What's the name of the place? One more time. Penalty sports bar, penalty sports bar in Vancouver. Go check it out. But here are the odds of the Blazers getting certain positions in the draft lottery. They only have a 9% chance of staying at six. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they well, have no, a, no, 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 no. Yep. Hold on. Only nine percent to stay. Oh, sorry. It's 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 even less. It's even less than that. It's it's less than that. It's three point two percent to stay at six. Nine percent to get the number one overall. That's yeah. And I just messed up my whole flow because I was going to skip that for a second. But a very small chance of staying at six. Meanwhile, they have a twenty percent chance of ending up at eighth, which would suck. They have a thirty percent chance of ending up at seventh, which would suck. And then they have a 37% chance of ending up at the top four. And then to your point, 9% of number one. But what that means is this 37.2 for top four, 37.2. What comes after the two point two? What what, what's the uh, decimal I, number after that? They only give me to that. Uh, we five. can just say eight, nine, six, four, three. actually no, 3.14159. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just making that up. My point is this. When you are watching the draft lottery on Tuesday at five o'clock Pacific, if you're watching it and they get to the eighth pick goes to, and it's not the blazers you're like, Whoa. And then they go, the seventh pick goes to, and it's not the blazers. At that point, they have a much, 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 much better chance of getting a top four pick than they do of getting that sixth pick. So you can begin pre-excitement panicking if they make it past eight and seven. And then if they do get six, it'll be like, God damn it. But like, seriously, like you can start to get really excited after eight and seven. So I don't know how quickly. And I believe they cannot fall farther down than ninth mathematically. So you're not even concerned about 14, 13, 12, 11, and 10. Now, yeah, yeah. So, so there's that in, in, in all of, all of that going on. And so, yeah, yeah. It's when you get to nine is when you really want to start paying attention. You don't want to see them at nine, eight, seven, six, you know, that's kind of a wash, but if you haven't heard them at six, there's no chance for them to get five. And that means top four. So order, right. order a celebratory shot at that point in time. I would also like I... to point out as well, uh, with the old draft lottery odds, when the blazers, um, got the rights to not draft Kevin Durant and uh, excelled at not drafting Kevin Durant. Um, they, they knocked the not drafting Kevin Durant out of the park. 
uh, there was only a 1.7% chance that they ended up with the number one. Over. So I know a lot of people play around on tank on the, they send the lottery, <clears throat> you know, here, I got it up right now. I'm going to press the button and just see where we fall. And look at that. Portland dropped down to seventh. This thing sucks. I'm going to light everything on fire. So <laughs> wait a minute, just to correct the record, according to Tankathon. The Blazers do mm-hmm. indeed have a 0.1% chance of the 10th pick, but that's, Oh, okay. So it's down to 10, but that's 0.1%, a 3.7% chance at nine. Really? You're looking at eight and seven the, I mean, that's, they, there is a, there is a 50% chance one and two that they're going to get either eighth or seventh. So if they make it past that, it is much more likely that they're going to get a top four pick than they will get sixth. Like you said, they can't get fifth. And I think what they do, I think generally what they do is they move somewhat quickly until they get to the top four, they take a commercial break and then they bring the people. I don't know if they're going to do that again, but like it, you know, I remembering the Greg Oden years and by the way, right. I want to say it's quiz, normally quiz. Top six or seven, but fair enough. Um, in that case, during the Greg Oden lottery, it was they got to they went through five, and they're like, "All right, we got the top four. It was the Hawks, the Blazers, and two. I can't remember the other two, but pop quiz, Ryan. Who was Hawk, top repre- four? Hawks, Blazers, other or Hawks, Blazers, other two. Sonics, Sonics, obviously. and I don't know. Well, okay, 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 yeah, fine, whatever. I just couldn't. I, yes, I should have known the Sonics. I should have known the Sonics. That's fair. Um, RIP to the Seattle Supersonics. Pop quiz, Ryan. Who was representing the Portland Trailblazers during that 2012 NBA draft lottery? No, no, no. 2000. What year was Odin drafted? 2008, right? 2008. Is that right? 2007? 2008? Seven. Seven? God, I'm such an Seven. idiot. Sorry. Let me. Little Abby, little Abby. Ryan Popquist, who is representing the Portland Trailblazers? Your question is Brandon Roy. Correct, and I just have to say that now we have Damian Lillard, the team's best player. So, like, yeah, like I, as far as like, if you want good juju, Damian Lillard was selected with the sixth overall pick, and right now Portland is sitting with the sixth best odds. So, why not? I okay. I have a weird question for you. Would you rather? It's not, that's not a yes, no question. Would you rather the Blazers get the number one overall pick or the number two overall pick? The fact that we have to think about it. Well, it's because of, it's not, it has nothing to do even with the name that they would select, but I very much take so much pressure off. <laughs> it takes so much pressure off because if you have to select number two, you will always have the fallback option of being able to say, but we wanted that guy. If your guy doesn't hit and that guy does. So there's like that kind of optics on it, but it also depends. You know, you look at the other franchises that have the possibility of ending up here, you know, who are the people that need the immediate help? You know, again, I maintain Chet Holmgren is not an immediate impact player. He's somebody who's probably going to need a year of seasoning in the league. So like in Oklahoma city or a Houston or an Orlando would be more than happy to take a Chet. And if the Blazers land at number two, great. Shapari or Jabari's there for the taking. That's just my personal preference. You know, I know a lot of people are Paulo Bancaro, you know, whatever, but you know, so if, if you see one of these franchises that has more of a long-term 
plan than what the Blazers are looking at, then they'll probably end up taking a check because they, they have time to grow them and mold them and do whatever, you know, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with them being anywhere one through three, four is where it gets a little dicey for me yeah. because four is you are literally taking the last best player available. So thanks for not answering the question, by the way, I, I'm, I will, I'm fence sitting all fucking day long. You are, is your ass getting sore at this point from sitting on those fence posts? I I'm going to say, it. I'm going to say it. I don't care if it makes you coward. I, I would prefer them to get the number two pick. It takes the pressure off. I have no idea what the Blazers front office, what they're actually valuing. It just, it, it makes it. Now, here's what I will say, though. So that's my answer. Lock it in, whatever. Like it's and it's kind of that's the by the way, that's like the the wrong that's the wrong answer. No, it's not. Technically, historically speaking, any time that the Blazers have had the number one overall pick, it's been the number two pick that has hit. Bill Walton, Kevin Durant, Michael Jordan, Bill Walton. That worked out. Okay, got a title. Okay, 30, 33 percent of the time. So. Um, here's what, I will, what I will say though, is if the blazers do get the number one overall pick, maybe this is put a different way. What if they did what Boston and Orlando did a number of years back, right? Um, that worked out pretty well for Boston. They got Jason Tatum, um, or I was Boston. I don't know who they switch or who did they No, uh, Boston Philly. Thank you. Boston Philly with Mark Fultz and Jason Tatum. I said the magic because oh. Fultz is now with the magics, but Boston yeah. Philly switched one and three. How would you feel if the Blazers got the number one pick? If they really knew they didn't want, you know, they, they were very content with any of those three. Right. And they swapped one for three and they got something else. And that, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I wouldn't be, I would not be opposed to that. I mean, it really depends on what your scouting thinks, what they're valuing, and then what your scouting thinks the rest of the league is valuing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be upset with that is all I'm saying. If they do get the top pick, I wouldn't be super surprised if that something like that happened, especially because they lost the Pelicans pick. Yeah. So speaking of being upset, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up here with, with just a quick little bit of chatter and that, so this, this past weekend, I went and saw Dr. Strange multiverse Madness. I'm a massive comic book nerd. My wife is a massive Marvel movie fan. My kid is a giant comic book nerd with me. We eat all this crap up. We watch all the freaking shows, all the movies, everything. There's not a, not an ounce of anything that we've missed. And one of the things, and I'll say this without spoiling anything in the movie. So don't worry, anybody, you don't have to like hit skip ahead or anything. Um, one of the things I'm starting to notice with all the Marvel properties is that Marvel has an audience problem and not necessarily a movie problem because everyone is expecting the next movie to do next movie or TV show to do so much and set up so much that it's like, Oh, this character is going to be in it. This character is going to be in it. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then it, and that's all coming from fans and their wants and beliefs and, and, and hopes and, and what they think is going to occur. And then when it doesn't, they get mad and they get disappointed and they shit on a movie or shit on a TV show because what they built up in their head didn't happen. Even though nothing gave you the inclination that it was going to happen outside of your hopes and your wants. And so I'm saying this as a way to tie into that. I don't think 
this offseason is going to make most Trailblazer fans happy because they've built up what they think this offseason should be. They've built up what they think this offseason can be. And I can damn near guarantee you that it is not going to be that for 99% of the fan base. You know, you're hearing names out there now, you know, Zach Levine being linked to the team. And I see a lot of people that are on board with this Zach Levine thing. But the only reason that they're on board with it is because of this now starting to become outdated notion that you need to build a team of all-stars and superstars and name brand players. Eastern Conference all-star. Come on. Yeah. CJ CJ would have made a couple all-stars by now if he'd been playing in the East. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, swap Zach Levine and CJ McCollum, and CJ McCollum would have had Zach Levine's accolades. It's, but there's this notion that you need all stars, you need these other superstars, you need to team all these things up together, and I don't think that's going to happen. You know, Zach Levine, you know, outside of the fact that if you thought Dame and CJ played horrible defense paired together, uh, uh, I would give you Zach Levine and Damian Lillard. That would be worse. You'd have to give up Anthony Simons. Uh, I think you would also have to uh, renounce Josh Hart, Yusuf Nurkic. And I already mentioned Joe Ingles uh, and goodbye trade a player exception because you can't do a sign in trade and keep a TPE that immediately forces you into a different bracket. You lose your mid-level exception, biannual exception, all those things. Basically you have taken your Swiss army knife that Joe Cronin has to, and you get Zach Levine and you now have a spatula. If Joe Cronin <laughs> literally did, <laughs> Spatulas can be very versatile. If Joe Cronin literally did all this just to get like a different version of CJ McCollum, it would be extremely disappointing. But what I'll say to your broader point is, yeah, I am just very interested. The Blazers have limited tools at their disposal, but not none. They're absolutely relying on lottery luck. I, I like what happens on Tuesday will determine whether Damian Lillard retires in Portland or not, period. It hinges on that. So, Mm -hmm. and that is not a great place to be um, (laughs) by any stretch. It's not a great place to be. I would argue, though, that whatever the Blazers were doing before, clearly from Damian Lillard's own mouth, his own words during last offseason about the roster, that was also not going to keep him in Portland because he said so directly, right? Many times. And mm-hmm. yes, ignore the Henry Abbott stuff. And oh, he's about to ask out. Okay, fine. But he was pissed and he said so. So mm-hmm. it's just, I, it's a weird spot. So I, what about, I'm babbling, but like there, there's a non zero chance that this off season could be even better than we think. You never know. Like it could be better. <laughs> there could be someone becomes available. What's happening in Philly right now. How are you feeling about Tobias Harris? Because doc isn't taking any responsibility. Sounds like they're going to resign James Harden. Joel Embiid's pissed off. They got to do something. They got to do something. Right. So do you like Tobias Harris? He might be available. Like that's, just, you don't know, like something <laughs> could happen where someone's available and you don't know. And it just works out. And suddenly the blazers look different. I don't know. By the way, if anybody wants any of our Tobias Harris takes, feel free to scroll back. Oh, I don't know, 15, 20 episodes. We had plenty of them when we previously discussed the uh, now post-back surgery Ben Simmons trade ideas. And why does it keep coming down? By the way, hold on. I had a text from a Blazer friend, a uh, buddy of mine earlier today, and he said, "Would how would you feel if the Blazers traded 
their lottery pick, regardless of where it lands, Yusuf Nurkic and cash to Philly for Joel Embiid. Yes. I said, I said, I'll pick him up from the airport. Why would Philly do this? I will pick him up on my back. I will piggyback him from PDX to the piggyback him from fucking Philly. (laughs) We'll trek across this country. We'll turn it into a bike. You do that. That's not going to happen, but you do it. A hundred yeah, times I out of like, hundred. I do that in a heartbeat. And he was like, okay, I think the Blazers have a shot at that. I'm like, in what fucking Bullshit. universe are you? No, they don't. They are don't. you? And he's like, well, I saw a thing on Reddit. I'm like, dear Lord, dude, you need to avoid <laughs> the internet. I saw a thing but, on Reddit. But these are, you know, the tarot cards the, told me. <laughs> but these are the kind of things where, again, like, I don't think the fan base as a whole like the on paper stuff is going to hit and it's going to land And let the only thing that I think that can change this is if the Blazers do end up top one, top two, top three, whatever in the lottery, kind of hard to fuck that up. I, there's no way that I can see them trading that pick. They'll take whatever best player available at that position. If they get those odds, but like, if they do maintain the six pick, I've, I've long been on record that I'm like that fine, explore trades, find these teams that have faltered have failed and whatever. Look at it. Look at trading the pick. If not take best available, as long as trade a fucking God, it's not another guard. We don't need any (laughs) more again, but you know, but I feel like the pieces that the blazers need and that they're looking at getting are not necessarily like the biggest names. They're not the Joel and beats. They're not the Zach Levine's. They're not, you know, insert whatever other player comes from disgruntled teams that get washed out. Oh, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, all that kind. But those are the ones that fans know the names of can see the accolades can see the awards and all, you know, the first team, second team, third team, all NBA. And they're like, we want that guy, but it might be a Jeremy grant and it might fucking work. We don't know, but the minute that something like that happens, Blazers drop down to seventh, they trade the seventh overall pick, get Jeremy Grant, guarantee there's just going to be this giant uproar, you know, and then going into the off season, if they aren't able to, you know, bring in another big splashy name, whatever, guarantee there's going to be an uproar. But just like I said with Cronin that you can't judge him, until later on. And he's had a chance to start putting more of these puzzle pieces together. You can't freak out at the minor moves and these minor details. And just cause you want some, just cause you want a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant or whatever. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? How do, how do you, how do you think blazers, internet blazers, Twitter blazers, fan base, you know, what we base all these things on is how do you think they're going to react leading up until the season starts? It, it depends on the lottery and it depends on what Cronin does. Obviously that's not even really an answer to your question. I, I, I you said no, earlier, it's your that, turn to best sense. Then I, yeah. No, I, I, you said earlier, I kind of agree. It, it, it feels like whatever people want to have happen is not going to be what ends up happening. And therefore people will be unhappy just because there is no real clear path. And you're again, you're working with a really tight timeline with Damian Lillard. This is not, we're not in the middle of a rebuild right now. Okay. Like this would be different 
if it were okay, we're stripping the cupboards down. And maybe that is what happens in a few years. Unfortunately, it might be what we're talking about sooner rather than later. We don't know. So I think people will be generally unhappy unless the Blazers do get a top pick. And even then it's like, I think the most divisive person. So here's, the Blazers getting a top pick and picking Chet Holmgren. You have people like me who are very happy about that. I actually think he will be an impact player defensively year one, maybe not on offense, but I think that someone like that, I mean, his instincts to block people, like funnel them where he wants them to go and, and get up there. He also, he has really, he's very mobile, blah, 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 all the things. So, but I do think if they draft, and play with another big center, just like he did with Drew Timmy. So that kind of yep. lends itself to a fit with Nurk, yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm rambling. I, I don't know. It, there's just too many unknowns. Talk to me after the lottery. I think it, so I really do feel though, and I know it's, it, it is a hot take. If the Blazers don't get a top four pick, it's going to be bleak. I just, I don't know. I don't know what they, they don't have any flexibility. I just don't know what you can do. Like if you get a top pick, you, like you said, you could trade it. You could develop somebody. Like I just, if they don't get a top four pick, I'm not, I just, it's, I don't know, which unfortunately is the most likely outcome. You know, I mean, that's, that's the bummer, but oh, well, so we'll see. Send in the good luck. Talk to me after the lottery. Send in Dame. Yeah. Let's see if Dame can hit another shot for us. Come on, Dame. Anything else? No, nothing. Uh, I, uh, I think both of us are way too busy during our week between, uh, my coaching of soccer practices and soccer games and work and your schooling and your now different work schedule. We won't be bringing you an immediate post draft lottery coverage. Wait a minute. Uh, Hold on. If, if the blazers get a top, Three if they get a top pick, if they get a top, if they get a top three pick, I'll still be at the bar and I'll, I'll podcast video that live. That's, get, that's what I was going to say. Shit, we should jump on. Yeah. Me. yeah. We should jump on zoom. Me, even yeah. if it's 10 minutes, we should do something and be like, blah, 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 blah. so let's commit to doing that. Um, other than that, so yeah, we, you might can, not we can do that at least. Yes. For but sure. uh, if, if anybody wants the detailed breakdowns, you know, point in the directions of you know, I know you and I are big Mike Richmond locked on Blazers podcast. Guarantee you dirt or uh, not. Dirt, I almost went with radio show. No, I guarantee you, uh, Danny and uh, Sprague, they'll have something breaking it down. Jack Ramsey's you you, holy you backboard's going to have something. Um, yep. You yeah, want the minutia? Go to all those other places. There are a lot of we'll, good podcasts out there. We'll take our time, sober up, or finish sobbing uh, our tears of sadness <laughs> and. And probably sometime near the tail end of then next week, we'll get together and bring guests. But uh, yeah, please, as much as if you love us, uh, don't come strolling or messaging us or, or bugging us about like, why haven't you guys given your opinion yet? Well, we're either still sobering up or we're still trying to figure out how to make it uh, spin it to be happy. If they get bumped <laughs> down to nine, you may not ever hear from me again. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, we we just sad days. everything. We yeah, we just, the feed we is gone. Yeah, it's just dead. That's it. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, if you want to reach out to us, you can. You can do it at like the Blazers on Twitter. We like the Blazers dot com is a website that we have. You can find him at the witty Ryan. You can find me at Golden PDX. And that's about it. Until next time. 
please, like Ryan said, send all your lucky charms in, your rabbit's feet, your four-leaf clovers, whatever it is, for Tuesday at 5 o'clock Pacific is the draft lottery, which will determine whether or not Damian Lillard retires a blazer. It's a big deal. Tune into that. Tune into us next time. Appreciate you, and go Blazers. Go Blazers. Go Blazers.